welcome to The Practical Prophetic, where prophetic ministry is made practical. I'm Beth Wingate, I'm your host, and welcome to the podcast. On our podcast today, I have my mom, Judy Holmes, back on the program. Welcome, Mom. Hi, so glad to be back. Yes, you have a ministry called Fresh Oil Ministries that you've had now for over 20 years, and I've been a part of that, and you've been a Sunday school teacher, and you have a message that I would call one of your signature messages, and I wanted you to bring that today because I think it is highly prophetic for your everyday life. So I'm just going to turn you loose and turn it over to you and let you share what the Lord's put on your heart today. Well, thank you, Beth. Uh, This past week, I had fresh oil. You have a bird in the background, just so everybody knows. Yes, I have a parrot, an Amazon blue face parrot. Every once in a while, he likes to give his opinion. (laughs) He just heard me talk about him. Now he wants to say hello, and I want to go, go. Anyway, so God just laid on my heart to bring forth this message, and I was shocked because... Of all the people that were at Fresh Oil, no one had ever heard this message spoken of. And plenty of people were saying, I'm glad you taught that. That gives it a whole new meaning to me. And so this is not my teaching. It's an old teaching I had from Kenneth Copeland or Kenneth Hagen one. I can't remember. And I just hadn't heard it in a while. So I thought, well, I'm going to bring that out and teach it again it kind of makes us think of why the enemy gets to do some of the things he gets to do and when we know that we can help close some doors and so it's in john 10 verse 1 verily verily i say unto you he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold but climbeth up some other way The same is a thief and a robber. Well, we're going to put a pin in it right there because in teaching uh, fresh oil, I said, I want everybody in here that's a sheep to go back. And so if you're a sheep, go back. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) thank you, Beth. And he that entereth not by the door into the sheep fold. So we see there's somebody in here that's a thief. And a robber. And what did uh, John 10.10 says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and kill. And so we know that this thief is the devil. And it goes on to say in verse 2, But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And so we see that there's a difference. Someone has come in illegally, and someone has come in here with full legality. Well, the only way And I know this sounds really strange to some people, but the more you think about it, the more you're going to 
understand that it is absolutely true that the only way you have authority on this earth is to have an earth suit. We're not aliens. We are of this world. And we have authority here. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. God is God and Jesus is Jesus and they can do anything they want. Well, you're right. God can do anything he wants. But if you legally have a covenant or a contract with somebody, we just sold a house we had lived in. I would love to go over there now as I'm thinking about it and dig up some of the old flowers. Last chance. But I can't do it legally. And being a righteous person, I can't do it. I could do it. I'm able to do it. I could drive my car up there and, you know, the uh, people that were in there aren't living there and the workers aren't there. And I could go and dig and dig and dig. So I could do it, but would I do it? No, because I am a legal, righteous person. I follow the laws of the land. Okay, so here is God. He's in the Garden of Eden. And one of the very first things he does, he brings Adam and Eve before him, and he tells them, Take dominion, subdue the world, and have authority over it. So God has given it to Adam and Eve. He wants them to rule and reign in his stead. He wants them to tend the garden. He wants them to take care of everything. There's no problems. But we know In that garden is also another entity. It's Satan. And he's listening to this. And so that's how he knew to go to Eve and, you know, tempt her. Because he heard God give it to them. God has given them all power. And authority over this earth. And it's perfect. Until Adam commits high treason. And he gives it to the devil. That was probably the best deal anybody ever made. Was when the devil took all that authority. All that dominion from Adam. By double crossing God. And, of course, we know that, you know, God put them out of the garden. And, you know, later on in years, after I really got born again and read this in the Bible, I felt so sorry for Adam and Eve. And then I kind of got indignant and said, God, I don't understand this. If you're such a good loving God, why would you put Adam and Eve out of the garden? Why wouldn't you just say, uh, you know, just spank them or something and put them, let them come on back in. You know, when we ask God questions, I am telling you, he will answer us. Yes, and that is prophetic in nature also. Absolutely. And God 
showed me to stop and let's think about this. Adam and Eve were in a fallen state. If they went back into the Garden of Eden and they partook of the tree, there were two trees. There was the tree of good and evil, but then there was also the, the tree of ever, the everlasting life tree. If they had partaken of the tree in a fallen state, it would have doomed the rest, the rest of us. And Adam and Eve would have been doomed too because they would have never been able to have been redeemed. They would have been unredeemable. So that's why there was an angel there. I said, oh, okay, God, I see it. I see it. Keep that angel there and you keep an angel with me because I don't want to do anything that would cause me to lose out on heaven. I want heaven. Listen, I am heaven bound and I don't want anything to interfere with that. And I have given God carte blanche to say, to do or say or have anything that could keep me from making heaven. That's just a little extra there. Anyway, let's get back to John 10, 10. And so we see that God is really, he's kind of on the outside of his own creation. He doesn't have an earth suit. Now, he could do it, yes. For all you people with the religious mindset, who could do it? Who's God? He's also righteous. And he's true. He can do anything he wants. But he chooses to live within the righteousness of covenants and laws. If God broke the covenant that he had made with Adam and Eve, then he would be a covenant breaker, and he is not. Right, he would put himself above the law, and he chooses to live within his own laws. Yes, he chooses to, he gave the world to man, and he's not going to take it back. But he is going to outsmart the devil on every turn. And so that's why we need a savior Jesus has become that reciprocal. He became the second Adam. First Adam muffed it up bad. He became our second Adam. And so that's why the scripture says, by one man's offense, sin reigned. How much more by one man's obedience, life And so Jesus came to set things right to those who believe on him and are going to work within his parameters. And so we see now that there is one who didn't enter in by the door. Well, what door are you talking about? That is the door of a a human woman's womb. That is the way all men are created and come through to this world. That's why it was so important that Jesus was born 
of a woman, of a virgin, a pure woman. And so we see that Satan has a problem. He sees people now that are popping up like this little Jesuses all over the place. And the Bible says that in John 10, it says that he knows us by name. You know, that is so important that God so knows you by name. He knows everything about you. The hairs of your head are numbered. He sings over you. He dances over you. He goes before you, comes behind you, and he puts angels on each side of you, a very safe place. Right. You know, we're all looking to be safe and all this in Jesus is where we are the most safe. If God has called you to go to Arabia and you're with God, you're safer than there than you are in your room, in your home without God. That's right. That is so, so right. And in verse 7, John 10, 7, it says, And then said Jesus unto them, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. There is a book by Philip Yancey, and it's a 23rd Psalm that is looked at by a shepherd. A shepherd's look at the 23rd Psalm. That sounds better. And... um Philip Yancey went and lived among shepherds and would ask them questions and was gathering information for his book. And one of the things he asked was, now, wait a minute, I I got a lot of it, but I don't understand because it says Jesus says that he is the door, but then he says he's the shepherd. Can't have it both ways. And the chef, the old sheep herder smiled and said, don't you know that at the, at nighttime, the shepherd lays across the gate, the doorway, so that none of the sheep will go out, but mainly so that nothing will come in. Right. And, you know, when we went to the Bible Museum, we saw how yes. that would have looked. They actually would make a little corral or a gate out of a stone wall, and there would be a gap, and that is where it actually kind of spiraled a little bit, and then there was this opening, and that doorway is where the shepherd would lay down. That's right. It says in verse 8, All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Why did the sheep not hear them? Because in verse 3 it says, The the sheep hear his voice and calleth them by name. It says also that another voice they will not follow. The, The sheep know their shepherd's voice. 
and another shepherd couldn't come in. Come on, sheep. Come on. Let's go over here into to my flock. No, they won't follow. And so we have to be able to hear God's voice. Now, this is you're talking about prophetic. This is prophetic. Prophetic is when we hear God's voice. Well, how do you hear God's voice? Well, first, you've got to have his voice in your heart. Right. You've got to be born again. Good intentions don't cut it. Jesus said in John 3, 3, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That's Jesus speaking. You can't get born again by being water baptized when you're a newborn baby. That is not being born again. That is your parents saying, I promise to raise this baby to the best of my ability. Right. You cannot get born again by being a good person or by giving money. You get born again when you ask Jesus, just like in a wedding, to be your Lord and Savior, to forgive you of all your sins, to come into your heart and be your Lord. That means boss. After you have Jesus in your heart, the best thing would be to read his word. People have said, well, it's a roadmap. It'll teach you how to live. Mm, Yeah, it will. But it's so much more than that. It's God's love letter to you. It is him every day saying, I love you. I want to show you how much I love you. And he will have things I have read through, especially the Proverbs. And it's like, it covers everything we will ever do. Every time it would cover me when, when I had just gotten saved, and I would go, ooh, I'm sorry, God. I know I did that. I've done that before. Forgive me. I couldn't go through Proverbs without just buckets of tears and asking God to forgive me. His word will speak to you. And he will speak to you from his word. Right. If you hear any other thing that is contrary to this word and you think it's God, like, oh, God says, divorce that woman and marry somebody else. You know you like her a lot. That is not God. That's the devil in your flesh. I'm getting away from this, Beth, but I can't help it. I feel like somebody needs to hear this. In James 1, it says, Every man is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And sin brings forth death. God will never, ever, never entice you to do anything that is sin. Never. He's such a pure, clean, wonderful God. He will show you what to do in every situation. Because the devil, that one that came before him, listen, I had a lot of them come before me. The devil, you know, I thought I was doing good. 
see, he says, everyone that came before me, before you're born again, I want you to know the enemy, you're fair game. You don't have that covering. And he will lie and he will kill and he will destroy, destroy in your life. In John 10, 7, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me again are thieves and robbers. I, in verse 9, I am the door by me. If any man enters in, he shall be saved. And he'll go out and in. And find pasture. I am the door by me if any man enter in. That's being born again. That's being born again into a new life. By me if any man enter in, he shall be saved. And shall go out and in and find pasture. God is always going to let you find pasture. He's always going to feed you and care for you and take. He's the shepherd. I am not my responsibility anymore. I'm God's. And so he says, the thief cometh not, but for to kill, steal, and destroy. But I am come that they might have life and might have it more abundantly. Here is the biggest lie the enemy ever tells people that are not saved you get saved it's not going to be any fun and uh, you're going to be stifled and all these things like that the actual opposite is true i have had right so much fun being a, (laughs) a believer in jesus every day is exciting I love the music. I love the people. I love the teaching. There is no excitement like hearing a new revelation of God's word. Something you just hadn't heard before. It absolutely, it's the greatest high you can ever have. My step-nephew, he came to Fresh Oil a few weeks ago, and he said, and this is, a, this is a kid who had been into drugs and some other things. And he said, I had to stop my car on the way home. I was so high. I couldn't drive. He said, this is the highest I have ever been. Well, I've never done drugs or anything like that. But I want you to know I've been so high on God's word. That I understood what he ta- he was talking about, right, where, right. where the presence of the Lord is so strong, and you just take it in and take it in until you can't take anymore. Right, and, and that so, has to be experienced. It has to be experienced, and you know, it can't be experienced if you're not born again. Right, and some things have to be not just taught but called. That's right. And so we see that God wants us in John 10, the last part. He has come that you could have life and have it more abundantly. And that word abundantly means more and more, better and better, gooder and gooder, greater and greater. 
it's just it just gets better and better and better. You know, being a Christian is like an it's an inverted world. Right. It's where in the natural things get smaller and smaller and smaller. In God's world, it gets bigger and bigger and better and better and better. I can't imagine what heaven is like. And it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. And that's the kind of God we serve. Jesus came in that earth suit. He came legally. And the devil threw every can- everything he could at him. Jumped down from the temple. That's a spirit of suicide. We don't have to fear suicide. It's a spirit. We take authority over it. Then he says, turn, the- turn these stones into bread and prove that you are God. Gluttony. It's a spirit. How did Jesus answer back? Did he go and beat the devil up? No. He turned and he said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. That's right. And that's a lesson to us that when we're faced with different uh, temptations and things like that, answer it with with scripture, with the word of God. Amen. And so Jesus is, he is our example of how to live and how to be before God. Where would we have been had Jesus fallen in any area? He went to the cross for by one man's disobedience, sin reigned. How much more by one man's obedience, life? This just makes the... Scripture of obedience, so strong in me, because it, it, the scripture that comes up, it's better for obedience than sacrifice. Oh, God, I love you. I'm going to give up this, 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 and this. And God says, I'd rather you just go back and obey me, the last thing I told you to do. Hmm. <laughs> But I'd rather give you 20 bucks. (laughs) You know, no, God, he wants our obedience. Right, right. And some of you might, you know, I I know I'm probably preaching to the choir because most of the people that listen to the podcast are Christians. But I'm hoping and I'm going to ask God to please open this podcast up to some people that need this. Amen. So what are the things that God says that he he would rather have obedience? Reading his word daily. Right. That's one of the most prophetic things you can do. If you want to change your tomorrow, it starts by drawing close to the Lord. And one, one of the ways we do that is to read his word. That's right. Read his word. Number two, I would say pray. Talk to God. Tell him everything. He's your best friend. He's your confidant. He's your father. He's the lover of your soul. Talk to God. Number three. uh Uh-oh. Tithe. (laughs) It's an act of obedience. It's an act of obedience. 
Ooh, number four, I'm really going to step on some toes here. Water baptism. Yes. If you were saved and got baptized when you were itty-bitty baby, that one don't count, my friend. Jesus' first thing he tells you as an act of obedience, get water baptized. Right. I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. How be going underwater and being immersed and coming back up in front of some people or maybe not in front of people. But I'm telling you, it it sure changed the status of my life in Christ. You need to be water baptized. Do you have to be water baptized to go to heaven? No. No, no, no. Remember the thief on the cross? And Jesus said, you're going to be with me in paradise today, heaven. So, and people say, well, you just said paradise, you didn't say heaven. Uh, excuse me, the doorway to heaven hadn't been opened yet because Jesus had to first go and make an open show of the devil and lead captivity that had been captured out. Oh, boy, that's another time and that's a future episode i can feel yes and then he went heaven wasn't open yet for everybody the blood hadn't been applied at the all at the uh at the altar mercy seat and the mercy seat thank you beth (laughs) it had not been applied on the mercy seat and so Then was heaven opened. And there is no more, you know, people saying, I'm going to pray people out of hell. Well, it's empty as far as saints are are concerned because they're not there anymore. Jesus went, preached to them, and they went up with him. Right. And if you want to just for clarity, touch on the vantage point of people in the Old Testament versus from the New Testament. Oh, I'd love to. When Jesus, uh, you know, forward. Right. I would love to. Okay, from the birth of Adam, creation of Adam, to Jesus dying on the cross. All of those are before the dying on of Jesus of the cross. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. From the from the Old Testament, those saints, and they were saints, they loved God. They were looking forward to the Messiah, same Messiah. They were looking for him to come, and their faith in him to come. And I'm getting the, I feel the anointing. They, they are actual looking forward to him coming is what kept them. Their faith did. Then you have Jesus dying on the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, he was suspended above earth on that cross. He became that passageway that brought heaven and earth together. 
then his arms outstretched one way all the way past Malachi, Judges, Ruth, Samuel, all the way to Genesis, to the very creation, reaching out for them. And then his arms reaches out for us. We look back on the finished work on the cross. No different faith, same faith, looking to the Messiah. The one that was to come, the one that had come. Right. And Jesus, we look back. His, and to his the, act on the cross being the center. The very of center of everything. Right. And until that last lamb person prays that prayer to be born again and is taken in, we're looking back. But then we're all going to be together. We're going to walk in heaven with Stephen. And he's going to tell me, man, when those stones hit me, I didn't feel a thing. Because I remembered that scripture that says, death, where is thy sting? I'm going, yeah, it says that you you just looking down. We've got to just trust in God with all that we have. And have that faith that Jesus died for us personally. Not for all them other sinners out there, but for us. Because there is none good. No, not even one. Only Jesus. Right. And I want to insert here just a a prophetic way of thinking and viewing things in the Bible. That the Lord uses a lot of typology, a lot of shadows. That Jesus is both the lamb that was slain at the foundation of the world and the good shepherd, both at the same time. Most of the things in the Bible are different ways of understanding all the facets of who Jesus is. Amen. That's good, Beth. He is. He is that lamb that was slain from the foundation of the earth. In fact, you and I, Beth, spiritually, we have already been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live. Right. And so someone may be thinking, now, wait a minute, how can that be? And we know that it's true based on Scripture. And I'll just touch on this, too, that Jesus, that, that the spirit realm is outside of time. And Dr. Billy Brown says it this way, that God dispensed time for his dealings with man and that man is largely confined inside of time while God is outside of time, thus the term eternity, or you've heard the term omnipresent. And so just for those that don't know that, that would just give you some basic theology on time in the spiritual realm is not quite the same as time here on earth. And that's how we can call things that are not as though they were in faith. And you're not lying. Listen, no, (laughs) I if you know. I am not unaware, you know, people say, oh, you just, you know, if you call things that be not, then you are just saying that it doesn't, it doesn't exist and all of that. Or you're denying reality. You're denying reality. Thank you. You said it better. No, I'm not denying the reality. I'm denying the right for it to exist when God has given me all things 
that pertain to life and godliness. Well, let me put some feet to that. Let me give you an example of that. I have a dear friend who a couple of years ago, she was diagnosed with cancer and she uh, really was private about it, did not tell a lot of people. And she told me that she did share it with me, though, and she she wouldn't even call it by name. And so uh, she went to the doctor. She took treatments. She ended up having a surgery. So she did not deny reality, but she also walked in faith and she uh, made a willful decision that she was not going to partner with the diagnosis that she was given and that she was going to stand on the word of God. She was going to believe and, and walk in faith and she was healed. Now, some of her healing came through her surgery. And the treatment she took. But even the doctor said that she had such a uh, wonderful outcome that some of that was attributed to her faith that he, you know, he was in disbelief that how well she did. And she attributes that to her faith and and her uh, walk on that journey. And so I totally believe that. I agree with that. I've seen it practiced in my own life and your life and so many situations. And so yes. that's one of the reasons we give testimony is to encourage other people to walk in faith. And you can do that without denying reality. But at the same time, you can stand in faith. Amen. That's well, right. Yeah, so, well, we're, we're coming up on an hour, and I want to begin to sort of uh, wrap things up. And so let's jump back to You want John. to put a pretty bow on it this I time, do. don't you? I do. Okay. Let's jump back to John 10. And so uh, just put a, a bow on uh, Jesus being the door. And uh, you mentioned that a, sh- a thief and a robber enters in another way. Yep. You know, there are many ways. And I think that any way that is out of the confines of the scripture of God is an open door for the enemy. And we do live in a fallen world, yes. But Jesus became our second Adam, people. And I choose to believe that my second Adam is able to redeem, to save, to heal, to bring back everything that the first Adam lost. And so I don't want to go, you know, go through a door I shouldn't go through or leave a door open I shouldn't leave. And so many of us, y'all, the days are getting shorter. Jesus is coming back soon. I want us to get our act together. Quit playing. You can't play. Beth, can I be free? Yes, of course. (laughs) Okay. You can't say you're following God's confines and making him the center of your life and gambling. You can't do it going and partying and listening to secular music that the enemy's putting into you through another door. That's your ears and your eyes. Right. So our, our five senses are basically gates or doors right. that we allow things in. And so, uh, you know, we use the analogy as those of doors and we say close doors to certain things in your life. For example, if I'm watching horror movies all the time, then anytime. I'm open. Right. Anytime. <laughs> so I'm opening a door. 
to a spirit of fear and then I can't sleep and I'm having nightmares and it's beginning to affect my life. Well, I open the door. I can't blame that on the devil. That was my willful decision. You know, you always quote the scripture that says the curse causeless cannot come. And so I'm the one that allowed access to the spirit of fear to terrorize me when I watch horror movies or or entertain things that are very dark and uh, scary and, you know, filled with evil and things like images of evil. That's to me is so basic and so simple. It's something that I teach my children. Right. That is so good. But I mean, we do have to be careful. Be careful, little hands, what you do. You know, be (laughs) careful, little eyes, what you see. And be careful, little ears, what you hear. These are songs we learned in in Sunday school, but they're so powerful that right. we forget them when we become adults. And well, we and children very careful. Right, having children can be such a teacher because when you have, a, especially like a preschool age child, they've been sheltered. Their heart has been completely, most of the time, guarded. And when they get exposed to, you know, something negative, um, you realize how that affects their innocence. And so right. it's a teacher for us that we need to be reminded of. Right. We certainly do. <laughs> well, I appreciate you so much for uh, sharing this message. And I just pray that this would touch someone i really felt like this was specifically for certain listeners today and this is about as prophetic as you can get i mean this is the everyday prophetic you know people want to uh sensationalize certain things about the prophetic oh god gave me a word and it's you know i'm going to be a missionary or you know whatever and god absolutely can speak that way but the loudest way god speaks is everyday daily living through his word things that we can apply, and it's that line upon line, precept upon precept. We have watched people who come into the church, and they have, a, a, you know, a maybe a negative mindset. They're very critical, or maybe they have like a spirit of poverty. You could hand them a brand new car, and in one year, it's just ragged out because they just don't know how to take care of things, or maybe they're sickly all the time, and they begin to apply the word of God, they begin to apply these principles and precepts and it has such a prophetic impact on their life that you come revisit them in a year if they stick to it and they're, they're healthy, they're successful, they're, they're moving along, you know, having that abundant life. You know, I always say you could take a piece of paper based off of this that we just read in John 10 and you can draw a line down the middle and one column will say, yep. still kill and destroy. And the other column will say life and life more abundantly. And then you can decide who is influencing your life. If you are sick and broke and poor and beat down, I believe I would put that in the column of kill, steal and destroy. And that is the enemy. Amen. If your thought life is I want to kill somebody, I'm mad, I'm hurt, they don't like me. You know, I can't do this. I can't do that. Um, you might put it over there into that that same place because it kills, steals, and destroys. It kills you. It steals your future. Your joy. 
your joy, yes, your ability to get over it. And so I'm just telling somebody here today, get over it. Get over <laughs> you for the main right. part. God has a hard time sometimes helping us when we can't get over us. Right. We can't get over ourselves. Yes. And so it's always but, about us. And right. so I would say, get over yourself. Right. If you're and shy, get over yourself. It's not about you. Break out of it. If you're the type's always got to have the center of attention, get over yourself. Let God. So I've enjoyed this, Beth, and I right <laughs> now I'm going to end with a prayer. I, yes. I haven't done this before, but Father God, I just love you. I appreciate you. You're such a good daddy. You're such a good shepherd. I'm so glad I'm in your flock. And I just ask right now that there will be people that don't even know why they're listening to this, that they're going to come into the flock because they've heard and they've asked you into their heart to be their Lord. And so, Father, I thank you for that. And, Father, I ask that you put these people in good churches, Father, that will love them Grow them up in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And we just speak abundant life over the listeners today in Jesus' name. Thank you. listening to today's podcast please be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll be informed next time i post thank you again and have a blessed day